0: This podcast is part of the Famous Original Podcast Network family. You can find us by going to www.fopnet.biz.
1: Welcome, everybody, to episode 44 of Ride the Pine. This is a podcast where two really good friends discuss sports with a side of anxiety, and you could say there's a little bit of doubt in there. I'm Dan, and I'm joined by my good friend Tom. How are you, buddy?
0: Just a little bit of doubt. Only sometimes. Only sometimes. Like, and my definition of sometimes is all the time, so just sometimes.
1: Except when it comes to predicting the winner of the Stanley Cup.
0: Yes, sir. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I was wrong in the games, though, wasn't I? No, I. No, think I we we seven both said seven, and you said we the Blues. Said I seven. said the Bruins. That was um, a crazy and unexpected way to end the Stanley Cup Finals. It really that was. was.
1: That was crazy. Uh, I will say the Bruins had so many chances in that first period; they were just peppering Bennington. Uh, was Bennington standing on his head, or did he sign a deal with the devil? Like, did something? Was Holy one of the shit. two? He
0: he was amazing. It, it, he that uh, was his best the game first all period season alone, one hundred percent, and to do it on uh, on a game seven of the Stanley Cup Finals as a rookie on the road. By the way, now like I, I know I am fast forwarding to the end here, but Ryan O'Reilly ended up winning the contest. He smite, deserved it, and yeah, he did. But I put I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm picking Bennington as the Con Smythe winner. So, he broke an NHL record last night. And the fact that he did that is the reason why I think he should be the winner of the Con Smythe. The record that he broke was he won 16 games in the playoffs. No rookie had more than 15 before him. Wow. There was like five tied for 15. And he, that means he won every single playoff game for the Blues as a rookie and to think that last season he was the fifth string goaltender for this team the, like the, to me that's impressive you know
1: and I, I had mentioned to you earlier what a great story just the blues were in general uh this yeah. stat came across me uh earlier today that on january 3rd the blues had the worst record in the nhl yeah. and now they're yesterday. the stanley cup champions
0: i know I saw what that yesterday during turnaround. the a turnaround.
1: <laughs> if, if they don't give Berube a raise, I don't know what they're thinking.
0: Yeah. Now, by the way, in case somebody's listening and they don't know because they're not big hockey fans, the Blues won 4-1 to one yesterday. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I sh- shouldn't say yesterday because it was in the middle of the week, for last week for you who are listening. Uh, but Game 7 went to the Blues 4-1. to one. So the Blues ended up winning their first Stanley Cup in, I think they've been. 52 like, years. 52 years that's what it is yeah and yeah you were pointing out some weird facts all 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 along like one uh the last time you said this yesterday before the game started uh the last time the Bruins won a game seven at home in the Stanley Cup was against who
1: the st. Louis Blues <laughs>
0: the st. Louis Blues so for the blues to to, to come in and uh, to Boston which th- that stadium was loud and they were
1: yeah it was
0: they were angry very early on. Uh, I could feel the frustration the entire game because, like, it started off the Blues the first five minutes of the of the first period. They dominated play. They were just skating circles around the Bruins, and they they took an early lead. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be an interesting game. But then the Bruins took over. They dominated the play, like you said, Bennington just absolutely stood on his head in the first second. Not as much in the third, toward the end a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, man, what what a game by the Blues. Now, I'm going to let you go ahead because you are the Bruins fan. In I In this am. podcast. So, why don't you go ahead and uh, give me your take on everything, you know, that you had uh, one whole day to digest what just happened.
1: So, for me, Bruins had a great season. Uh, they played hard all season long. They played well all series long. And to me, it's my general opinion. It's not fact. I have nothing to back this up, but I feel like they gave up midway through the second period. I feel the second period. I feel. I, oh, yeah? I feel like once they they started peppering Bennington over and over mm-hmm. and over again, and after that third goal, I think mm-hmm. they finally they just were just like we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna win this game.
0: Yeah, that was a deflator. the third The third goal in the game was a deflator. I think for the, the second goal sure. was a
1: deflator. Marchand going for that change, and then Petrangelo oh. being his, his the guy he's supposed to cover, and he walks in and scores easily.
0: It is no secret that I do not like Brad Marchand. I don't. But, I
1: don't think I'm, I'm, any non Bruins fan doesn't like <laughs> Marshawn. Right now, I, I don't like Marshawn.
0: I bet you there's some Bruins fans that don't like him right now. Oh, and too. Uh, and you
1: can add me to that list because I saw his he, press conference after the game.
0: I I didn't, but I can only imagine it was as classy as his characteristics. So so the question was,
1: uh, did you you know about uh, the Blues coming into the zone, um, pressuring uh, the puck into the offensive zone? And his response was, I thought he was covered. I guess not. I wanted to throw my phone across the room. I was like, are you kidding me? That's your response to... Leaving a guy uncovered that leads to the second goal, of Stanley Cup in Game Seven.
0: Yeah, and the, his post-game press conferences are one of the big reasons why I don't like him. It's not as much for his on-ice because don't forget, I was a, like I'm a Ranger fan and I'm I'm a I've always been a big Sean Avery fan. You know this. Oh so yeah, I, I do. I I love that type of hockey. So it's not the type of hockey that I don't like. The licking things a little weird. I'm not
1: gonna lie. Um, Tom, a little weird. He's licking people. It's, it's incredibly weird. weird.
0: It's very weird. Um, but, yeah, his post-game press, press conferences where he acts like a little child, they're very frustrating. And I'm glad I didn't see that because I would have been just as mad. But I guess he's being honest. Yeah, he thought that, he, that the, the man was covered.
1: And then, on, and then on top of that, they ask him about, you know, being down and, and what was the mindset in the locker room. And he goes, uh, we thought we'd be able to come back. I guess we were wrong.
0: Yeah, that's the the second the first part's correct. Second I, I part is they like it's,
1: they. it just deflates the whole energy in the room. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and that and I, that's what I was most upset about last night is when they scored that goal in the third period and it was 3 to 1. I was like, mm-hmm. "Guys, you have near 3 minutes left to go. You're going to have an extra man. Keep peppering it on net. You can come back and possibly tie this game." Sure. But look at look at their faces when they scored. Do they look like they were excited and happy? The no. answer is no. They looked like they were no. deflated and kind of like a, no. oh whatever. We scored. We're still yeah, not going to yeah, win. The,
0: yeah, and that's that's a good point that you just brought up because it was four nothing at the time, and there was like maybe three minutes left. Yeah, it was they like two
1: forty-five like, or like two fifty left, something yeah. like that.
0: Now I understand that you're probably not going to win. I mean it's common sense. If you're a sports fan, you know that with only a couple minutes left in a game, it's very hard to put up 3 goals. But you just got one. You haven't been able to score all day on this kid and you finally got one. That is when the crowd was back into it a little bit and the goalie is at least a little bit you know, frazzled. That's where you strike. Because all of a sudden, let me tell you, they put a little extra pressure toward the end or like uh, right after that goal. If they scored one more goal and it's 4-2, to two, the last two minutes become the longest two minutes in Blues history.
1: Yep, absolutely. And my thing is you pump up that crowd after that goal, after after that first goal, you get the crowd back into it. That rattles yeah. the Blues' cage. That rattles Bennington's yeah. cage and says, "Oh crap, here they come, and they're gonna make yeah. a comeback." Instead, they have this ho hum kind of like no smiles, just kind of like, oh, yeah. "Well, whatever, yeah. we scored," they, and it's just they gave in. They gave, they up. gave in. They absolutely did.
0: Yeah, and yeah I, I do agree. Toward the end, they did because you know the way the way it looked to me, Dan, was almost like. Uh, Instead of trying to score to score, they were trying to score to break the shutout. So at least they didn't get shutout in the game seven. That's what it looked like to me. So I ended up feeling bad for Bennington. Like I I should have been rooting for a good game because at that point it was not a good hockey game. It was actually boring to watch. Uh, But at that point, like I was rooting for the shutout (laughs) because you're not. You know, I don't know. Uh, they just didn't seem into it in the third period. And I think I mentioned that to you yesterday. You might not remember because you blacked out in rage and fury. But, I did. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it wasn't a great third period. No. I like I, I understand it from a competitive standpoint, but man, you, you, you have no other games. This is it. Right. So it's either you give one thousand percent, or you shouldn't be there at all. I completely and,
1: agree, and that's. That's what I was upset about last night. Is yeah. that they're they're continuing to make mistakes. They're continuing Marchand bad passes. Marshawn was, was bad. Marshawn that whole first line was bad.
0: Marshawn's been bad this entire Stanley Cup for some reason since game one. He was out of position. He gave up. He had so many turnovers in the seven games that they played, uh, and, and those little mistakes. Like I, I I don't hate to pick on Brad Marshawn because he puts it, like he deserves it after the way he acts on and off the ice, but he's also a high-caliber player, so you're going to be targeted the most when you make mistakes like this. Let me tell you, if a fourth-liner made this mistake, no one's going to remember this because they're a fourth-liner. They're kind of allowed to make yeah, mistakes. They're, so that's they're, why they're on the fourth line. They're,
1: they're expected to make those mistakes because <laughs> they're on but the fourth Brad line. Sean
0: is not. You are not supposed to go to the bench while the play is going toward your defensive zone. He, even, he didn't care. even have
1: hustle. Did you see no, how he yeah, went to the bench? The he kind of like too. glided
0: yeah. off the ice. Yeah, he Robinson conned it to first, pretty much, uh, and it was very unfortunate. And that really kind of cost the Bruins the Stanley Cup because after that, like you said, there was kind of nothing left in the tank. It was like a deflating way for it to happen, uh, and it's a shame because some, you know, like I know we we rag on Chara as much as we do, but like to come back with a broken jaw and not miss a single game. You know, things like that are super honorable.
1: And, and speaking of Chara, I'm glad you mentioned it because last night I said to myself, where has this Chara been all season long when well, when the he, puck got yeah. behind Tuca and you saw mm-hmm. the play? he oh, He's yeah. the only he player the with the yep. longest stick to be able mm-hmm. to whack that puck out from going into the net because otherwise that was, that was another goal.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I stand by my point, and I say that he should retire. Like, I I just saw a shell of Zidane Chara out there. But the last game, he's a veteran. He knows what to do. It's it's all or nothing. There is no other game. He, he was still and playing feel,
1: pretty hard, though. He was playing yo, yeah. I mean, he was yeah, playing hard, hard from bell to can. bell. He was playing great. As
0: hard as he can. Right. But as hard as he can is maybe not as good anymore as it was a few years ago. And you I don't know what I, mean? I don't
1: know if you notice but typically um you know throughout the season me being a Bruins fan that the Bruins mm-hmm. paired McAvoy and Char together on the first line for defense. Okay. Yesterday Char was not on the first line.
0: Okay. He
1: was paired with Brandon Carlo on the second line.
0: Interesting.
1: It was McAvoy and Krug on the front line, which I disagree with. I think it should have been Carlo and McAvoy. Two of the best defensemen the Bruins have had all season. Actually, all playoffs. What's, um,
0: what's McAvoy's style? Is he like an offensive defenseman, defensive, two-way? What, what's his I'd, thing? I'd
1: probably say McAvoy's offensive and Carlo is defensive. Because Krug is offensive. hundred percent. Yeah, you don't clear. put two and, offensive and, and guys Chara. together.
0: And Yeah, and Chara is definitely
1: defensive. From so all like, the I times that you and I have done NHL GM modes, putting two offensive yeah. defensemen together does not work. It never <laughs> does.
0: No. It does seem to work better when there's an offensive and a defensive. That way, one can push, one can stay back. Or like kind of a thing.
1: two-way in an offensive, a two-way and a defensive, sure. or something like that. I
0: would, I would take six two ways if I could. But I would love six two ways. Um, that
1: would be great. Yeah, guys who could do a little six, bit of both, which is six Brian Leeches.
0: Yeah, you stole the you stole it right out because Brian Leech was a like I think one of the better two ways. Um, he's
1: one of the best two-way defensemen yeah, of all yeah. time.
0: Uh, but yeah. Uh, I'm sorry uh, about the result, but as a as a non-Bruin and a non-blue fan, I got to admit this was a fun Stanley Cup. It was hard hitting, it was back and forth. I love back and forth matchups. It's just like you're on the edge all the time. One win to one team, one to the other, and you just back and forth, back and forth. Literally the entire series. Because
1: the Carolina uh, series was, up, oh, they're, they're going to win again. Up, oh, they're going to win again. Up, yeah. oh, they won again. Exactly. Hey, they swept them. Yeah. But this series yeah. was like, you don't know who's going to win. If it's going to be the right. Bruins now, or the Blues. And that was exciting. I completely agree.
0: As a Bruin fan, I would want a sweep all the time, obviously. As a, ev- a Ranger every fan, team I would, would love a sweep. Every team but as a, a non-team fan. You know, fan of just a fan of hockey. I I thoroughly enjoyed. That was probably one of my favorite Stanley Cups that I've witnessed in my entire life. It was just it was a good one. It 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 was just it wasn't it was a different style because remember when the Blackhawks and the Penguins would play against each other? That was like a goal scoring
1: fest. Yeah, there was no goaltending. Yeah, and no defense because you didn't right.
0: need you just need to outscore. Now this was way more defensive, even though the, there was a lot of goals scored here and there. Take those two games away. Each team had like one blowout win each. Take those away. It was a very good defensive uh, series, which I always I, I mean, as a defensive. I mean, some person, of the defensemen
1: in in the for both of these teams in this matchup are t- are players that uh, not to bring up fantasy hockey again, but these are guys you want on your fantasy team: Jay Beomester, Colton Parryeko, Alex Petrangelo. How,
0: how about that goal by Petrangelo?
1: That was gross. I, I i even stood up and was like wow that was amazing Slide,
0: sliding into the offensive zone little forehand deke and then a backhand roof goal oh my god it was so nice that was, it, it was, was so nice it was a very good goal from a very good player it was good to see him score a goal too and then we got to give credit because i, I kind of bashed on him a little bit but not really ryan o'reilly was a monster this entire playoffs 23 points a franchise record in the playoffs i mean think about like the players that they've had in the blues history right mm-hmm. and who leads them in playoff points in once in in a single playoff run ryan o'reilly
1: that's, that's crazy that's
0: impressive that's impressive
1: But he didn't just do it by doing uh, scoring points he was phenomenal no. with breaking a pass. that pass where it was supposed to be a cross oh, yeah. size pass, and he did that thing with his stick where he almost like laid yeah. it flat and timed it perfect and knocked the puck down and stole it.
0: You and I have seen him as a good player for years, Long but I feel like time. because, but because he's played for like you know, no offense to the Sabre fans that might be listening, but like he played for the Sabres for a little while. Like he kind of he kind of gets lost. He played for out the Avalanche
1: there. before they started getting good.
0: Yeah, and they're still really not good. To, let's be real. Um, that he's a good hockey player. He really and now is. that he got now you got to see him play in the playoffs and in the Stanley Cup. And man, did his value just go up? Because I don't know. I don't know how long he signed for. I could look it up, but I'm too lazy to. Uh, but his value just went up big time. Because now people are going to look at Ryan O'Reilly and say, "Oh, he's a playoff guy." Not, and to a lot of teams. Who make the playoffs all the time? That's all that they care about. Um, I did have a I have a little quick story that's related to the Stanley Cup that I thought you would find funny. Um, I'm not a betting person. We've talked about this, you and I, but some guy in January bet four hundred dollars. I the saw Louis that.
1: <laughs> I saw that.
0: He bet four hundred dollars that his team, who was last in the NHL, would win the Stanley Cup. And they won the Stanley Cup, and he walked out yesterday with $100,000 because of a bet. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? I'm not a betting person, but that's kind of a cool story.
1: <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, and so I actually just pulled up Ryan O'Reilly's contract. He's mm-hmm. actually got three more years with the Blues oh, okay. at okay. seven and a half million mil a year.
0: Wow, never mind. I guess the NHL saw him... As more of a so a, a this is actually a, and this and a is still.
1: actually a continuation of a contract he signed with Buffalo when he was 24, mm-hmm. which by the way he's only 28. O'Reilly O'Reilly is 28 years old.
0: Wow, I thought he I thought he was older for some reason.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he signed this uh, seven year, fifty two and a half million dollar contract with Buffalo in 2015. Stayed with them for three years and then was traded to St Louis and now he's continuing that contract
0: jeez that's uh all right well good for him he deserves it clearly clearly 100
1: percent. but he's gonna be a free agent in uh at, at the end of the 2022 20, 2023 season when he's 31
0: uh i will tell you this there's another fun little story before we uh move on to the nba here uh troy brewer or uh brower yep. brower
1: excuse me he's been a lot uh, who- hasn't he been with the blues like his whole career
0: no, he's played for a thousand teams, <laughs> but the but the main ones are the Blackhawks, the Capitals, and the St. Louis Blues. You have do you see the trend between those teams? What have all three of those teams one done? Won a Stanley Cup, right now. Here's his tweet from last night. Apparently, if I play on your squad for a few a few years later, you will win the Stanley Cup. He's he he won one with the Blackhawks, but um, after leaving each of these teams. Ended up winning a Stanley Cup a couple of years later. And the Blues, who he was just on a couple of years ago, um, are Stanley Cup champions it's this amazing. year. It's amazing. So, I, <laughs> I kind of feel bad. Poor, poor, so, is
1: he with anyone now, or did he retire?
0: He is currently on the Panthers. Oh, so, God. oh so, uh, Hey, the Panthers, if if they stay healthy, they have some young, really good players. They could do okay. They need, they need some I was going
1: to say, that's you yeah, took it out of my mouth. You, you're not going to win a cup yeah. with Roberto Luongo. I'm sorry. No.
0: Not anymore. You might have been able to back in the day. But, but back not, like
1: 20 years ago.
0: Well, maybe not. 20, Ten. But yeah, I, get, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Ten, yes. <laughs> Uh, anyway, congratulations, St. Louis, yes. if there's any Blues fans listening. Because there might be. You might be listening for the first time. Congrats. I did. Uh, Tom is my name, and I picked the Blues in seven. Just wanted to say that. I'm friends with you.
1: <laughs> Kissing butt. 100%. Um,
0: I'm going to miss hockey. I, I am
1: too. But good news is, is that the season starts in a few short months, the next season. And we have the draft. Yes, we and do. And we have the draft.
0: And, and my New York Rangers have the second overall pick. So we are definitely going to be covering the NHL draft.
1: And they draft a garbage truck.
0: No, they are most likely – <laughs> before, we, before we end hockey and go to basketball, the Rangers went back uh, and they got John Davidson, former Ranger goaltender, uh, same guy who's also brought the Blue Jackets up into like a playoff contending team. Mm-hmm. He built that team. The Rangers signed him as the president,
1: Oh. and
0: he, he is a player developer. And apparently, the Rangers are really going to go all in on this Capo Keiko kid that I told you about a couple weeks Cape ago. So. Kepo And if you look up some of his highlights, because he's been playing in the Swedish Elite League, and he's 17, by the way, he skates around these like veterans who played in the NHL or currently play in the NHL or whatever. Hmm. He just skates around them. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty excited.
0: Anyway, Blues Champions 2000. 19
1: indeed indeed a great season for both teams i mean the turnaround the blues made was amazing and kudos to them as much as i wanted the bruins to win the cup i knew it wasn't going to be easy but but congrats to the st louis blues you guys did it it was fun 52 years in the making
0: man it was fun it was a fun one now to something that's not completed um
1: bring a title to jurassic park
0: Please do it. There's, we're not going to talk about this for too much, okay? Because there's a couple other major events that happened that we're going to talk about next, the U.S. Open being one of them, and the French Open in tennis. So we're only going to cover a little bit. Uh, but I really just wanted to bring up the injury.
1: Poor, I mean, because he, he wasn't 100%, and they knew it, yet they still let him yeah, play. Now,
0: now we're talking about Kevin Durant, obviously. Um, what was this, Game 5? Game 5. Yeah. Game 5, uh, game time decision, and I was watching the preview because that's all I can watch until I don't have ABC. Uh, and then all of a sudden they said, oh, yeah, he's going to play. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And I don't remember what quarter it was because, again, I, I wasn't watching it. But he's, he got hurt, and he's in a lot more of trouble than he was before. Because if I'm not mistaken, it was just a calf injury beforehand, right?
1: Correct, and it turns into a torn Achilles.
0: And that's what happens when you rush somebody back. I mean, that's that, that that's devastating. Now, if Kevin Durant chose to play, then that's on his own, but they should not have cleared him to play. They had to have known that he could have hurt himself.
1: I mean, my thing is, Tom, is that there's a difference between a player wanting to play and it being safe for him to play. And I think the... Management, I think, regardless, is still a fault because, yeah, Kevin Durant came out and said, I want to play. I want to be out there, in his words, with my boys. But But guess what? If you want to be out there with your boys, you need to be 100%, period.
0: Yeah, what kind of help are you going to be with your boys if you're limping around? Exactly. I, I don't understand that at all, and now you obviously lost him for the entire series, where maybe, by the way, maybe, if because the NBA schedules this championship every 12 weeks, I mean, literally, the last game was a month ago, it felt like, um, you could have maybe gotten him back. Yeah. When was the last game? Like, three or four nights ago?
1: About three, four nights ago, yeah. You could have had yeah. him back for a- game six.
0: And game seven is on Sunday, which is in three more nights. So let's say you don't play him game five, maybe you could rest that calf up until Sunday, where you might be playing in a game seven. And then you could have had a healthier Kevin Durant come back and play. But now he's not coming back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's he's gonna be done probably until not even next season, the season after. Yeah. Well about a year and a half.
0: yeah, he, he might not even play next year because of that.
1: No, oh, he won't. Which is he won't play next year. It's a, it's at least a minimum of a year recovery. You think so? Well, I know so because uh, so I know he's obviously way bigger. But Vince Wilford Wilfork mm-hmm. for the Patriots tore his Achilles back like five six years ago or so. He was out for okay. nearly two years. But does the body shape have
0: something to do with that? I mean, Wolf Fork was like. It, it probably big does,
1: but I was reading articles and I was actually reading it today that the minimum recovery is at least a year.
0: And that's not good news for the Warriors, and that's really unfortunate news for Kevin Durant, who, you know, like, I, I, I love KD. I do. I, I think he's a fantastic player. I think. Um, you know, a lot of times people are going to go right to LeBron no, and say he's the best. I go to
1: I go to KD before anybody. KD is
0: a, a very dynamic player. Now LeBron's good too, obviously. I don't have to say that, but that's a big loss for for the Warriors uh, and for his career because now he's going to have a year where he doesn't play, and who knows what happens after this? Honestly, those these kind of injuries, you didn't never know what's going to come from them.
1: And if I'm being honest, though, I think obviously advantage war, uh raptors because they're going sure. back to golden state where they just yep. took both home ga- uh, away games
0: yes yeah um and kd's not back nope. and he won't be back uh clay did come back
1: and Iguodala's um, uh, out as well
0: and but clay's playing correctly clay, clay, clay is playing last game. so you got but yeah.
1: Iguadala is their best defender
0: that's, yeah, that's a, that's a, th- and he's a good shooter. Yes. A great three-point but, shooter, too, but, but so but what that's, a, that's a what they one.
1: primarily hype him up as, as one of the top defenders in the playoffs. Sure. And losing him, yeah, yeah, yeah. no yeah, that's, one, because <laughs> they put, they typically put him on Kawhi, and now you yeah. have to try to put up, like, Draymond Green on Kawhi, which is a complete mismatch.
0: And, and who did you tell me had to play his butt off for Game 5? Steph Curry. And there was one other. Clay Thompson. Oh,
1: uh, DeMarcus Cousins.
0: DeMarcus Cousins. And he didn't do Jack. He didn't do Jack. That's why I'm bringing that up. Because everything that you said was exactly what the analysts ended up saying later that night. It's like, he has to play good tonight. That's what they got him for. And he didn't play that well at all. Not at all. And if he doesn't show up tonight, when we're recording this, it's Thursday. So um, they're having game six tonight. Um, If he doesn't show up tonight, it's over. Which I... At this point, I'm just hoping because I, I I have 100% followed the Raptors bandwagon. I want them to win so badly tonight. Uh,
1: I'm, I, you but, know, and it's it's so funny because uh, originally our good friend Ron thought he's a good friend of the show, um, mm-hmm. uh, first talked about how From he was course. a Raptors fan, and I was like, wait, oh, I yeah? was like, wait, you're in New York, why aren't you a yeah, Knicks fan? But and it, he's close to Toronto, and it's the same case with his old uh, his uh, brother Tom, who mm-hmm. is in New York. And is a Flyers fan, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, Some of this stuff doesn't that make any sense.
0: I fa- yeah, but, but why I, would you uh, root but, for but, Buffalo?
1: This is also true. Um, <laughs> uh, but why would you also want a roof for the Flyers? But I digress. Because at
0: least the Flyers are like, you know, middle of the pack, two playoff contending all the time. The <laughs> Buffalo Sabers, people forget, are a hockey
1: team. They think is they
0: think it's a they think it's an entree
1: when you say Buffalo <laughs> Sabers. <laughs> um. But what I'm getting at is he kind of got me into being like, hey, let me check out more of these Raptors games and when they're on TV. And I gotta mm-hmm. tell you, when I was watching in the regular season, they are so entertaining to watch. Are they? Yeah. They really yeah. are. And you and people have noticed at this playoffs is that yeah. they are yeah. such a young, hungry, dynamic team that just they have all the bases covered.
0: They seem well put together like as a team. Again, I'm not a big basketball fan. Out of all the sports, it's the one I follow the least. So uh, I'm looking at it like as an outsider, and I see them play, and I see the highlights. I'm like, this looks like a team that was constructed correctly. Like They have good shooters. They have good passers. They have good defenders. And they, they look like a complete team. I'm not saying the Warriors aren't. I'm just focusing on the Raptors. The Warriors have proven themselves as a great basketball team, so we don't really need to praise them anymore. Right. But the Raptors
1: look good. They do. They look
0: good. It, they're fun to watch. I, it, it reminds me of when I did like basketball, back in the Vince Carter days. Ugh. I was a Nets fan. I used to follow the Nets because that Nets team with Jay Kidd and Jefferson and Vince Carter was the team. That was, I so loved that I don't know if you so heard much. about
1: this. I actually read this earlier. Um, Vince Carter's last season is going to be next year. He I heard, wants to I heard. re-sign with the Raptors and enter the dunk contest that he did 22 <laughs> years ago when he when, saw, when he joined the nba
0: wait shut up did you just say 22 years 22
1: ago 22 years
0: but i watched that i remember watching that when yep. it happened ew i just realized how old i am <laughs> <laughs> that's really unfortunate
1: but that's, but that that's do you remember that dunk contest i, I remember like I it was yesterday. Well, it was one of the best dunk contests ever
0: if you watch, if you follow the teams that i've i've rooted for my first team was the Raptors, and then I became a net fan. Why? Because I follow Vince Carter. Vince Carter was my guy. That's always been my favorite basketball player. And the fact that he's still playing, by the way, can we talk about that? Twenty-two years—that's a long career.
1: It's a long effing career, Dan. It's oh, it's 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 absurd that he's, wow. uh, but it's it, he's he's like a Yammer Yager. He doesn't get injured. Who's he playing
0: for by Yager's the way, Yager's playing Who over did, in
1: Europe. No, oh. no, not
0: Yager. <laughs> you like <laughs> I don't care about that mullet bastard.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> tell, Car- tell me Vince how Carter. you really Where's feel. He?
0: How I really feel now. <laughs> Let- last I saw, Vince Carter was like a maverick.
1: Let me see. Atlanta Hawks.
0: Okay, uh, okay. he's bounced around a little bit. but so, I hope he comes back to the Raptors. I hope they do that. So,
1: So his contract is actually up with the Hawks. And he is a free oh, okay. agent, which is why he, he he structured the contract he wanted to. Tor-
0: Toronto has to do it. Because think about it. First of all, the publicity alone
1: is going to be great. Of the, of the Raptors the, re-signing their golden boy?
0: Yeah, and then if you put him on the bench, you could have a worse bench player. It's still Vince Carter. <laughs> He's still Vince Carter. I mean, he
1: still hits shots and he still dunks. He still blocks, sure. plays defense. He's sure. still a great player.
0: If you just let him play a little bit here and there just to get him on and then you have you have that extra hand and that leadership, you could see the Raptors win again next year. I that'd be fun. That'd be really fun. I, I'd be happy to see that. So before let's let's wrap this up. Uh do the Raptors because again our listeners won't be listen, we will hear this after they already know who the winner is because game seven's on Sunday. So they know who won. Who do you think wins the NBA championship final prediction go.
1: Raptors uh, Yeah, I'm going, I'm going Raptors too You know, I said Raptors in 5 I was off But if they take it in 6 and they, and they go to Golden State And they take it in Golden State They'll cement that they, they deserve to be in the playoffs
0: I can see Golden State winning tonight And I can see Toronto winning Game 7 at home Which is how I prefer it, by the way
1: So I actually misspoke It was 21 years ago
0: Oh, what a big difference. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel slightly less ancient. <laughs> yeah, he
1: was that back when the Romans were around. Vince Carter was drafted Jeez. in 1998.
0: That's just Yeah, that's a that sounds that sounds exactly accurate because that's about when I started watching basketball. Vince Sanity.
1: Vin Sanity. That was Vince Sanity, Sanity was running wild.
0: Yeah, man, that was that was a fun time. And in early 2000s with the Nets, that was also pretty fun. That was a good team. It was. Um but, all right, so we're both going Raptors. Let's go, Raptors. Congratulations, Blue!
1: Bring it home to Jurassic Park. <laughs> yep. I, yep, I, yep, I, yep. I love saying that. It just sounds so cool.
0: <laughs> it is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. But
1: we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk some French Open and U.S. Open. So stay tuned. Welcome back everybody from our break um, I mean I could talk about hockey all day couldn't you
0: <laughs> yeah we definitely could uh but that's pretty much it that's that that's last there that, are other sports in the yeah, world uh that's pretty much it though our, our our year of hockey I mean we'll talk a little bit more when the draft comes up and all that but um yeah there you go
1: yeah, uh, so I uh, I know you're really excited to talk about this next topic, uh, talking about the French Open. I definitely got more into it since our last discussion on our last episode. Um, and, man, what a match between Theum and Nadal. Those first two sets, I, I was on the edge of my seat, and I've never been on the edge of my seat in any tennis match ever.
0: Yeah, it, you know what? It, this was This was a pretty good... Uh, French Open, from start to finish. Um, The last time we had an episode, we talked, I think we were in the quarterfinals, um, which was uh, the main one that we were looking at was Federer versus Wawrinka. Uh, Federer ended up winning pretty, I mean, it was a good match, uh, a very good match in four sets. Federer ended up winning, Nadal ended up winning. Uh, We get all the way to... The semifinals, and this is kind of an important step. Uh, something, something weird was going on with the weather,
1: and, and mm-hmm. yeah, I heard you were telling me about. Yeah, that.
0: Yeah, the weather was wild. Uh, Federer and Nadal faced off in the semifinals, and the wind gusts were up to fifty to sixty miles an hour, which
1: that's freaking crazy. Which for
0: tennis, Dan, is an extremely difficult thing to do. Uh, they they both had to take a lot off of their serves, which in Federer's case was a humongous disadvantage because Nadal is the, we've discussed this before, he's the king of clay. and All of a sudden now you have to play differently than the game that's made you so successful. Nadal had to do the same thing, but it was just An impossible matchup. It was a lot of fun. They both hit a lot of good shots, but uh, Nadal ended up beating Federer in straight sets. Crushed him. Uh, It was pretty, pretty, pretty embarrassing, I want to say. And then the second matchup in the semifinals was Djokovic versus a relatively unknown to non tennis fans, Dominic Team from Austria. And this game was one of my favorite matchups I've seen in in a long, long time. These two matched up very well together and there was two major rain delays. The match was supposed to happen and finish on Friday. We didn't actually find out a winner until Saturday afternoon, which means that Dominic team had to play on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh a lot of tennis. For That's a 14. lot of tennis. Yeah, so much that he actually ended up asking his team if there's any way that they could get the final pushed over to Monday because he had played so much tennis in in three days, uh, which they they said was not going to happen. So Dominic team ended up beating Djokovic on Saturday in an epic match, and if you didn't catch that, uh, it's understandable because the, the scheduling was so crazy. But it was so good. So they set up a final between Nadal the King of Clay and Dominic Team, who's a younger I think 25 or 26 year old up-and-coming player and what started off pretty good uh you you had messaged me and it, it looked like uh it, it was going it, it definitely looked like it was going toward Nadal's so another sweep from Nadal and then Dominic Team came out and took the second set or uh, everyone I at least I was shocked
1: Because. Yeah, that second set, Nadal didn't look exactly like he had it all together. No,
0: and Dominic Team looked like he had everything together. So for just a second, uh, the world, the tennis world, was wondering is this it? Did we just find somebody to dethrone Nadal? And then Nadal answered by saying no, (laughs) really badly. 6
1: 1 6 (laughs) 1 on the last two sets.
0: And it, it was so bad. That on the final set, that fourth and final set, uh, Nadal won, I want to say, 14 straight games or uh, it was stri- oh, 14 straight wow. points, which is like the first three actual games went all to Nadal. The team couldn't even win off of his own serve. It was just a
1: freaking
0: yeah. landslide. Um, it, 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 sh- it showed better than anything that Nadal is still the king of clay. Uh, but it was mm-hmm. still an, it was still a very good final. Just it, the French Open tends to be the boring one because Nadal does this kind of crap. Right? Uh, would it have been better if Djokovic had made the final? I don't know. I I think Nadal still would have won, but maybe because you know Djokovic is still a major champion, maybe he could have held his own a little bit more. He wouldn't have lost six one six one to to end the match, but. Whatever. Nadal won his 12th French Open on Sunday.
1: I will say, that second set, though, was probably the most entertaining yeah. set of tennis I think I've ever just watched, go. mainly because that move that team did where it looked like he was going to just wind up and just smack oh, yeah. the
0: ball. And he took a little cute drop then shot. And stopped
1: and did a little, little cute little <laughs> drop shot. And you see Nadal's face goes, uh, yeah, oh god. If you, if you can, <laughs> and he just ran to the you net.
0: find a way somehow to trick Nadal, like Whoa! <laughs> like that's really good. Uh, yeah, he he did a couple. He did that a couple of times. He's a good player. He's the he was the fourth ranked player at the French Open. He's I think he's a top ten in the world still. Um, so and he's younger. So there were things going for him, and that second set, he really looked like he could take it all all, all the Absolutely. way. But then Nadal just Nadal after losing a a set for the first time. I think almost all tournament. He just said no. I can't be messing around anymore.
1: Like you know how I had talked about Jaden Schwartz in the playoffs, like flipping a yeah. switch. Nadal flipped that switch after that loss in the second set. It was like, this is not happening, yeah. and only lost two total yeah. games. Well, in in the next in two the next full two sets, sets. yeah. Yeah, that's it's yeah. Crazy. I mean,
0: it, to do that in a men's final is just kind of unheard, unheard of. of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now on the women's, uh, it, we have to talk about the women's finals because it's uh, y- you know it's the right thing to do. All even though. Even women tennis experts are saying that women tennis is going through this really strange thing right now, where now that Serena is beatable, there's really not that one person who can just go out there and like dominate. In men's tennis, you have the three, you still have the big three, you have Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer in that order from one, two, and three. In the women's, it's it's a it's a crapshoot pretty much any anybody could go in there and win it uh, and what we ended up seeing was um, a, a very young 23 year old Australian uh, young lady named Ashley or Ashley so Ashley but Ashley Barty from Australia she ended up winning I believe it was her first major I believe so mm-hmm. um, and I I, I want to pronounce the name of the person she beat but I can't because it's some Czechos- or Czech Republic name. Von der la, 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 la. I can't. I don't la, know what it is. But uh, yeah, congratulations to Ashley Bard- Bardi, uh, who I will not pretend that I knew before this. I had no idea who she was. I'm not going to lie to you. Right. But it's, you know, so congratulations. And then, of course, Nadal, like I said, Nadal won his 12th French Open. Think about that for a second.
1: And didn't you say of his fourteen majors that he had won prior to this one, 11 were the French Open? Uh,
0: I think it's more than fourteen total majors. That was his now eighteenth,
1: but twelve of his eighteen—holy crap—are from the French that's, Open. That's, so that's if you take the that. French Open
0: away, he he's a six-time major champion or six-time Grand Slam champion, right. which is still good, but it's that's, not like that's crazy, completely unheard of. Now you add the French Open, 12. That's just, I, I, I don't know. I can't even think of a comparison. It's, We've never really seen one NHL player go out there and win, like, 10 Stanley Cups. There's been a couple, like, Canadians from the 20s and 30s that have a lot of cups. But of one <coughs> championship, 12 of one, that's pretty impressive. Uh, but, yeah, so, like I said, congrats on Nadal. doll. Uh, a spectacular career it's it's gonna be a fun discussion to talk about who's the greatest of all time once he retires because of that 12 grand slam titles in the french open uh but i'm glad that you watched a little bit of it i'm glad that you're sort of enjoying it at least i hope
1: oh absolutely i i, I couldn't get enough while you know the people i was watching mm-hmm. it with they they were more or less on their phones yeah. and yeah. You know, kind of falling asleep. I'm sitting there just intently watching. Like, these guys are – the thing that blew my mind is – and it was exactly what you had said. You had said the being able to run across the court back and mm-hmm. forth and slide. Yeah. And then be able to hit the shots as accurately as they do. Yeah. Like, hitting it right on the line, like, with, like, almost, like, 97 miles an hour on their yeah. return. Team I think Team had a ninety six mile an hour. He backhand. did, in which I, be, I was like, that's in ridiculous. which I believe
0: Nadal still got to. And that and yes, that's the important part. It's like I was watching Dominic Team's face. He would hit these incredible shots that any other player he could beat. And Nadal somehow not just got to it, but won the point. And you would just look at his face and he's like, What else am I supposed to do? And that's like that's that defeating feeling that you have when you're playing against Nadal on clay. It's like you there's not much you can do. He's just gonna win. <laughs> it's like you have no you actually it, have it, no it, chance. It's just gonna happen. Yeah. It, it, I I wanna say Dominic team sort of gave up on that third set. I can the, the last few points yeah. he was just like, I'm just gonna save my energy and try to win in the fourth and try to push to a fifth set. But Nadal just doesn't give up. Uh, no his he sliding ability on clay is just phenomenal I don't know how he does it he puts himself in perfect positions every single time he gets up to a ball and he gets the ball so quickly that it... the
1: best the, the the it's almost like watching an artist in sure. my opinion like it was it, being able to slide and then they like slow the, the yeah. video down and show him like slide and it hits the center of the racket. Every single time. It's like, that is not easy no. to do, but he makes it look so effortless. And,
0: and you had mentioned when we were texting a little bit, you were worried about the uh, Nadal's unforced errors and whatnot because he, he had a, more than average on that first set. Right. The thing with him is those more than average were still below average. Uh, so, like, I wasn't as worried because... If it, it, you can tell when a player is out there struggling, and even though he had more unforced errors than normal, uh, the team was kind of right behind him in the unforced error department. And at the end of the day, team ended up having like doubled more than Nadal because Nadal just knows how to calm down, which makes and that's why he's a professional. That's why he's a winner because he can settle down in right. those situations. And team is still young, and I do think. By watching Dominic team, I think that he is going to win a major title one day. But Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, one or two of them have to retire. Because until the one or two of these guys retire, we're going to see the same three people win almost every major. I agree. I just don't see it going any other way. So, But uh, yeah, that's that was good. And we're less than a month away from Wimbledon, which is my favorite tournament. So we should have... We're going to have quite a bit of fun with that one, I think. Uh, a lot of these guys are finally getting back to the way that they used to be playing. Federer looks great. Nadal looks great. I heard Andy Murray might be making a return. He's probably not going to be great, but it'll be good to see his face. So, yeah, more tennis coming coming your way.
1: More tennis. And from tennis, we go to yet another major, which you and I you know, have talked already today about the Stanley Cup, yes. the NBA yes. Finals, and the French yes. Open. And to add to that list, we have the U.S. Open in golf happening this week. This episode will be coming out uh, the Monday yeah. after the tournament ends. But what? it's crazy that this many championship finals are happening all yeah. at the same the time. The summer
0: is definitely the busy time for, uh, for sports. And, I mean, this last week and this week are two of the busiest weeks.
1: So 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 who do you who do you like going into this US Open? They are pay, playing at Bethpage Black. Uh, actually no, Pebble. excuse me. Pebble what am I saying? Beach. Pebble
0: yeah. Beach. Bethpage was uh PGA.
1: Bethpage was the yeah. PGA. I, no, my you're apologies, good. but Uh I think Pebble Beach is a long hitters course. So, if I remember correctly. I was
0: reading a few uh, odds makers suggestions. And they came up with a few things because they those odds makers they come up with, you know they look for the stats and they they base these things a lot off of stats and prior success and, and all of that. From what it looks like, it's not as l- for much for the longer hitters, but the accurate hitters, which is why my original mm-hmm. pick, which was going to be um, Jordan Spieth, because Jordan Spieth has been on fire the last month. Uh, I'm not. Going with that pick anymore because the one thing that he's always had trouble with is his driver, and apparently, keeping it in exactly. play exactly. And at this course, according to the experts, at least, if you are not accurate, you cannot really do that well. Uh, he is 16 to 1 odds, so it's still pretty good odds, but um, they have Brooks Kepka as the number one, obviously. Because of his dominance in the PGA right now, so I don't know. There's a lot of good people that you can look at. I think Dustin Johnson could do very, very well. Um, McIlroy played well the last couple of weeks.
1: Nine under sixty-one this last tournament in the final day. That's. Not a lot of people can nope. be like, "Hey, I went out and shot a sixty-one in the final round to win, come back to the yeah. tournament." And
0: uh, you know, at the RBC Canadian Open, which is not—I uh, mean, there's there was a lot of names in that field, a lot. So it's not like he just went out there and beat up the the, the secondary squad. He went out there and beat competing pros.
1: Yeah, I think that I saw the uh, analyst. They put up a stat. They said that the fu- the top three after day mm-hmm. three. Uh, was Simpson, Kuchar, and uh, McIlroy, okay. and between those three, I think they had said twenty-eight PGA Tour wins between the three, or something along those lines. Okay. And I think majority of them are McIlroy, <laughs> but but still, I mean, to have that many wins among the, that many people in the leaderboard, yeah. like the top three, yeah. is I mean, it's not like he went out and beat you know Nick Taylor yeah. who. <laughs> exactly my point well he was in the leaderboard at one point he's a he's from Canada but he he I think he had a rough final yeah I think so I think a lot of people yeah
0: except for the winner which
1: that tells
0: that tells me a lot though because that means that he is at the peak of his golf right now I mean he just won a tournament with a 61 so that means your golf is doing pretty darn good so you're going into a major championship pretty pretty hot. So there's a few names that you can look at. Uh Brooks Kepka I think is definitely one. Uh McIlroy. I'm I'm going to go with um I'm going to pick Brooks Kepka. You picked him last time. I'm picking him this time. I know it sounds crazy because there's no way he could win this major, right? He's won every other major for the last the last 3 years. But he is just too good in major competition. So I'm going Brooks Kepka.
1: And, and you know, I can't blame him because a lot of people are like no, there's no way he can win it. Uh, the same way he did it yeah. last year. He won the PGA and then immediately won the did, US last Open. Month.
0: <laughs> and last month, people were
1: doing the same thing. And then last month, he won the PGA, and they're like, yeah, no, 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 he can't, can't do, do it, it again. again. Well, you know what? He can. And I think he, he could. He definitely
0: can. He definitely can. If he comes out and he plays hot like he has been every major for the past three years, he can win.
1: There's, I think there for me, there's only one course that's his kryptonite mm-hmm. in a major, and it's Augusta. Uh, I think seems, he like can't it. seems like not Figure that. Seems like it.
0: I mean, the same thing. He really same can. thing with Rory. You know, Rory's won. I think all of the other majors. I know he won a U.S. or a British.
1: Yeah, he has. He has. Uh, he has not won a master. But he has yet.
0: not won a, at Augusta. At yeah. Augusta,
1: and he can't no. figure it out.
0: Uh so yeah, uh, I'll go with Brooks. Though, who are you picking?
1: A lot of people are gonna say to me, "Oh, you gotta pick DJ. You gotta pick Tiger. You gotta pick uh, Matt." I didn't talk about Tiger. Oops. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I'm not picking any okay, of those. Okay,
0: I like where you're going.
1: I'm picking Patrick Cantlay.
0: Ooh, uh, you know what? That's a. I think that's a good
1: pick. Patrick Cantlay is one of the most consistent golfers on tour to date. I think I read somewhere that he has one of the highest accuracies of drives off the tee with his driver. Mm-hmm. In the last six months he's in the he's been in the top three the last six months straight. He hasn't dropped out of the top yep. three. And I, I like it. Like you were saying before, Pebble Beach is a course where if you don't hit yeah. the fairway, you're screwed. I like it. Period. And if he can hit the fairway consistently and then get a GIR, get a greener yeah. regulation and yeah, his putting he's gonna be making Yeah, putts. his
0: putting is pretty good. He's one of the better putters um that I've seen, at least recently. He's very very good. So, yeah, get him on the green, give him a chance. This course you can score on. I know mean, the US Open Absolutely. obviously is going to try to make this as hard as possible because it's the US Open and they're they're crazy like that, but I I mean, you if you're a bigger hitter, which I know Cantley's not the greatest hitter in the world, but he can definitely get there. And he can score
1: absolutely because he's all it it was the same reason why I had like Xander Shoffley as like my my um, Mm wildcard pick when we did the PGA championship it's because I look at smart golfers I'm not looking at guys like oh I'm gonna just bomb one off the tee just because it's a a short par four no you think the long picture you think hey can I keep it in play get it on and make a putt yep and Cantley is that kind of guy who's not gonna just go and just willy-nilly just take a risk I, I will. S- At the hope that he gets an eagle or something.
0: I will say this, too. Uh, if Rory comes out and he's still doing as well as he did this past weekend,
1: yeah, watch out. then
0: he's another one because he's a smart golfer. He's a huge hitter. And when he's on with his putter, name a better putter. You know what I mean? I, you, yeah, you can. When he's on, he's on. Speed this the same way, but. The reason why I'm not giving Spieth as much of a chance is just because, um, according to CBS Golf or CBS Sports, but their golf section says, Speeth ranks 186th on the PGA Tour in strokes gained off the tee. That's not good enough when you're a top no you're player right. in the world. And if you're going to go to one of the tougher courses, now it's going to be tough.
1: No, I completely agree. Now, is there a guy who you're saying isn't like going to be like the talk of the town, like, Kepka or DJ or McIlroy or one of those guys who could potentially sneak up and win this tournament.
0: Um. Yeah. You'll 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 laugh at me. Uh. Because you, you'll see. Like I always seem to pick him. But uh, Francesco Molinari. And I'm going to tell you. I I, 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 I
1: knew <laughs> but, it. Why did I what I say he's going with the eye well, tie? Has, did you I, know,
0: it has little to do mm. with the Italian part. It's the thing off the tee. Molinari is considered one of the better ball strikers on the tour where he has trouble is putting. But again, most of these experts are not saying the putting is going to be key. It's staying on the fairway. And if Molinari comes out, which he's proven that he's a good major golfer player, if he comes out and he starts hitting fairways and he just gives himself some putts a couple under here, a couple under there, he he has himself a U.S. Open win. So I can definitely see a guy like Molinari winning. I'm looking for accuracy off the tee, which is why I I think Kepka and Molinari have a good chance. You know, if Justin Rose comes out and plays good, expect to see him there again because he's always kind of hanging around in every tournament he ever plays in. He's just one of the top ten golfers every time. What about you? Who are you picking as your underdog?
1: People might think I'm absolutely crazy for naming. They this already guy an think underdog. so. So go ahead. But you, you know what? <laughs> um, I think it's mainly because this guy has just had a really up and down season. But he has played well at Pebble Beach. If in you the say past. Phil Mickelson, and, and, I'm no
0: longer your co-host. By the way, just saying.
1: And that man is Justin oh, Thomas. <laughs> just Justin saying, Thomas never... has actually had off for almost a month. Now. Yeah because of wrist yeah. injuries because and he's finally going to be healthy. He's finally going to be like full 100% good to go and he's had time. Well, you, you, he's had time to prepare. You imagine he's had time. To, you imagine mm-hmm. he's going to
0: be healthy. But that's the thing and that's why I didn't pick him because I don't know if he's going to be healthy. He can say he's healthy, but you're you're but, a hockey fan. You know hockey players will just go out there and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. hey, I'm healthy." No you're not. You just you got a gash in your head. No, I'm healthy.
1: It's like it's like your finger is yeah, sideways. You, you're not. You don't healthy. even have Stop a finger. It. It's gone.
0: How do you mean you're healthy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. So I don't know. Is he healthy, but, Dan? You know, I I like to hope so. I mean, the last I looked, the last tournament he played was uh, May 16th, and it, so he's had nearly was a that month the, uh, now. Oh
0: yeah, that was the PGA. Because yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. Okay.
1: And again. When he's putting and he's on, he's oh, yeah, He's, he's on. a good golfer. And he can play yes, off can. the tee. He can play with the big boys, with Kepka. He can bomb one out there sure. 340. Yeah. Easily. And he can putt. Mm-hmm. So if he stays healthy, and he's
0: definitely. it's good to see him back in golf because I think the PGA is better with him. Uh, when seeing him in the leaderboard, even though he's not a household name yet, uh, he's a good golfer. And, he, and people can attach themselves to him, sort of like they did with Jordan Spieth. He just has to stay healthy. Uh, so I hope he does well. I really do.
1: Yeah, and and one guy that I, I really hope actually does well, and honestly, it's he's kind of like, well, not I wouldn't say my favorite. Like as an oh, he's he's got to win the tournament. But like in my mind, I'm like, I hope this guy does well. Maybe like a top five, top ten. It's Jordan Spieth. He's had such an up yeah. and down year. He needs He's to had an up and he, he down something.
0: last three years.
1: <laughs> his He 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 needs something. Uh, some sort of uh, mental uh, boost. Wouldn't this be nice can say, of, an, hey, of a
0: boost? This would be a nice little boost. Hey, I can't win a tournament for three years after I was like the phenom and then come back and win the U.S. Open. Yeah, that would be a nice little boost for his career. That would be really nice. I'd say so. Ultimately, Dan, I'm rooting so- for only one player, though. And that's Phil Mickelson. If you're not rooting for Phil Mickelson, you are a horrible human being. You, we can talk about who we think is going to win, but Phil has never won a U.S. Open. He's come so close. He has won every other major championship, but he cannot win the U.S. Open, the only tournament that he actually cares about. And he said many times, he's like, out of he would trade all of those others for a U.S. Open because that's his tournament. You know how when you grow when you grow and, up and you're playing and you're like this putt to win the Masters. Everyone says that. Yep. He used to say that to the US Open. He wants this. And he's running out of time.
1: He is. He's probably only got maybe two or three more years left and I, of relevancy. And I'd to say. do it
0: at Pebble Beach, that would be fun. Like if Phil is in in the top 5 going into Sunday, you are looking at possibly one of the most exciting finishes to, uh, to a U.S. Open. I, I really hope he does. And, he's not,
1: he, and on Father's Day. And on Day.
0: Father's Day, yeah. Now, before we end it, let's quickly talk about Tiger. Because the, even though I don't care about him and I don't ever think about him outside of doing the podcast, uh, the, you know, our listeners probably want to know what we think Tiger's going to do. So what do you think?
1: If I'm being honest, I think that I think there's too much going on outside of golf in his personal mm-hmm. life and I don't think his head's in the right place. I think he misses the cut.
0: Even after that Sunday where the front nine he was like yes. 6 under?
1: Yes. Man, I think he misses the I cut. I don't know.
0: I I think he's he's a previous winner at Pe- at Pebble Beach. He's played in the you know, in the US Open. He won the US Open at Pebble Beach in 2000. think it's 2000 Um, and he's won other tournaments at pebble beach he loves this course dan he loves this course and he has been playing pretty well if he comes out and he plays decent enough golf and he makes the cut you cannot count him out unfortunately and i say unfortunately because i'm not the biggest Tiger fan in the world it it, it,
1: it's it's one of those things where for me it's the stuff going on outside of Him actually playing golf. Yeah. Where I don't think his head's just, his head's not fully in I would,
0: I would, I I, normally I would agree with you, but he almost, he he was like a top 10 in the PGA when this was announced, when all this stuff had just happened and he still managed to do a top 10. Like that's pretty impressive. If, if you're not fully there now, it's a month later and he's rich. He doesn't care. He has his lawyers dealing with this. It's probably not even a thing in his mind.
1: I don't know. Uh, my my one concern though is that after the PGA Top 10, he had I think one tournament in between. Yeah. In between the PGA and the yeah. US Open. He couldn't hit a fairway to save his yeah, life. Yeah. But I mean, he was missing every fairway, he was in the rough, he was just ha- he, he ended up I think 5 over after day can one. Can I ask you this? What's that? How did
0: Kepka do in between major wins? Hmm. There's no answer because he hasn't won. He only wins majors. Exactly. Kepka only he he wins a major, and then he plays in all these events. You never hear him. You never see him in the top ten. Occasionally, he'll make an appearance there, and then that's it. And then the next major comes up, and he wins it.
1: Yeah. Some some I, I I would I would have picked Kepka had you not. But it, it's one of those things where. Kepka is just—he comes to majors and he's ready to go. Well,
0: what I mean though is, you know how Kepka shows up for these majors. I—I I mean, Tiger's mm-hmm. always done that, so I—I—I don't—I don't know. I, I like—I—I I don't care how he does. It's good for the game when he does well. It makes people interested in golf again when he does well. But I, I'm not counting him out just yet. Do I think he'll win? I don't. I don't think he'll win. But do I think he's going to miss the cut? I don't think so either. I think he's going to be competitive. Um, as long as he doesn't have like one gigantic blow-up day, he'll be competitive. Which will make for a better tournament. Admittedly. Admittedly, it'll make it a better tournament if he's there. Because then people will be buzzing, the crowds will be crazy, and it'll just add a little extra fun. I think. We'll see.
1: You know, I, he was good for golf like a long time ago, and he molded a lot of the players that are playing today, mm-hmm. the, a lot of the young players. There's no doubt about it. You know, I, I know I really got into golf when I was watching him just play major after major after mm-hmm. major and tournament after tournament just kept winning and winning. But now you have so many other good players yeah. on the tour now. You do. That it's hard to be like, hey, if he miss, if he misses the cut, I'm not watching the weekend. <laughs> Because there's so many other players that are so entertaining to To watch. To you
0: and me, yes, because we're golf fans. But the ratings and social media speaks completely different languages. Ratings drop the second Tiger misses the cut. The weekends of where Tiger's not competitive are almost half the amount that they were when he was competitive, when he was playing. And then social media, when one of these golfers is in the lead, do you ever see him trending on Twitter? No, but Tiger's ten strokes behind, and he's trending on Twitter. People love to talk about Tiger Woods.
1: You're right. The rating. Nobody's like, yeah. "Hey, hey, Xander yeah. Shoffley made a putt yeah. on two. It's like, no, no one, no one ever. If they
0: tried that. to make Shawfeel's, Shawfeel's, uh name trend on Twitter, it would be spelled so incorrectly because Twitter is just not full of smart people all the time. And it, I would love to see how many different variations there were of his name. It'd be so stupid. I mean.
1: I mean, th- there's even a Twitter handle out there that's called Tiger Tracker. Yeah,
0: I believe that. I, people love this guy. I don't know why, but they love him. He's a scumbag.
1: You don't see you. you don't see the Rose Tracker or the Captain Tracker. No, and you should because Justin tracker. Rose it's, is a very
0: good golfer. <laughs> and, he really and is. Do not give him credit for some unknown reason, but he's he is competitive in every event. He's one of my favorites. I love him. But we'll see. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, like a, like you said before the uh by the time this episode comes out they'll know the winner so hopefully our predictions are right
1: hopefully we're kind of close <laughs> so well we're we're going to take our last break and when we come back we're going to have our final Sweet. thoughts All right, welcome back, everybody, uh, to our final thoughts segment and our wrap up. So, Tom, what, what do you what do you think about all that we talked about today?
0: I am going to miss hockey <laughs> really badly, really badly. I let me tell you let me tell you this because I'm new to the show. Obviously, this is only what our third or fourth week. Um, there was because I haven't had cable, I've kind of gotten away from my love of. Sports in general. And then when I started co-hosting the show with you, I decided, well, if I'm going to do a sports podcast, I have to watch sports. So I bought cable. Like, I, I cut a few other bills and to save up money for cable because I just wanted to watch sports again. And my fire for hockey has come back, like, tenfold. Uh, one season off. I've only missed one season. And I, I, all of a sudden, I'm back, and I'm like, now it's all over so soon. Like, well, well, boom. what's what's crazy though,
1: Tom, is just the amount of young talent that's in the NHL right now.
0: It's so it exciting. really is. It's so exciting. I mean, there's so many amazing players, and every every draft year proves that there's at least five or ten more players that are going to get inserted into lineups that make it so so powerful. Which is why. I think that the Stanley Cup is the hardest cup to win because you just, I, other than a couple, like you've seen the Kings win and then lose a year, then win the next year. That's kind of like back to back, but you rarely see back to back anymore because the, it's so balanced because all these teams are doing such amazing jobs, except for the Rangers in drafting young players, except for the Rangers. Um, <laughs> and, and it's just really exciting to watch except for the Rangers. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh come on, you gotta give the Rangers some credit. Oh yeah. Some maybe. Where?
0: Where? Where <laughs> where we tr- we we chose some we chose I think Jed Ordemeyer over Ryan Getzlaff and we had a chance to get in Claude Giroux and we picked some Bobby Sanguinetti, I think his name was. Yeah. Do you know who they are? No. No. Their parents don't know who they are. Yikes. So yikes is right, so except for the Rangers, but I'm still excited
1: <laughs> I mean I was just playing n h l nineteen the other day the game that you can't stand, but uh mm-hmm. there are some really good young players on the Rangers. I was looking at the roster um I can't say his last name but it ends in vich is it Matsu matsusovicnevich Bus- oh bu- bu- He is yeah. his value Butch. in the game is near He's good. Uh, near the He's top good. like.
0: He's good, and he's part of the reason why Elaine Vigneault was fired as the Rangers head coach because, like, you, he's he's a free firing. He he is a he has a great shot, and Vigneault would bench him if he used it too often. Now Quinn, our new uh, New England coach, is just like letting him be him. He's the former BU coach, correct? BU uh, no. Yes. Yes. So B
1: U has yeah. a knack, and I mean, I know you only went to that one game with me uh, when you came to visit. Yeah. B U has a knack in their history of being shooters. Uh, they oh, okay. they say shoot and shoot often, which is why Bushnevich shot a lot is, uh, when Quinn came aboard.
0: Yeah. Well. Well, that was that's Bushnevich's game. And 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 Vigneault kind of stopped him. And when so, you're when you're growing um, up
1: playing hockey, what do your coaches say? Put the puck on net. Yeah. So and, why is Vigneault saying like, don't just, shoot? That makes no sense.
0: Just just let him let him play hockey. Let him play hockey. Now, I, hey,
1: part of the final
0: thoughts. I just got an update on my phone saying uh, Kepka is on fire. Brooks Kepka is only two strokes off the first round lead after burning three of his first five holes. <laughs> oh. Boy. Oh my god, <laughs> so just, Kepka, really? Just for the listener, it's, it's, I'm going to keep this in. Just so the listener knows, we recorded the uh, U.S. Open talk on Monday of this week, so before. So we came back and did the first part of the show after the cup was over. So the, the U.S. Open is going on right now, and Kepka's on fire.
1: <laughs> and and know who else is on fire? <laughs> Who's in the same group? Uh, I'll,
0: Molinari, He's is he playing well? also. I can't wait to watch it now. I'm so excited. My, my boys. I will say this. The, I will say this.
1: This leaderboard is stacked Oof, so with good. people. It's so and good. And my, my sleeper pick isn't panning out. Just saying.
0: who Justin, Justin Thomas. I'm sorry. Oh, well, he was three over at one point, and he had a pretty pretty nice eagle, which kind of bumped him back up a so little he, bit. He, he, he's, but, he's
1: uh, at two over. He finished a two over today
0: he just he the, the few times they showed him he just didn't look too good. He looked really rusty. And I would be rusty too. He hasn't played in a month. And he, and pre- and prior to that he was um battling his wrist injury, which is why I didn't pick him. I, there's no way that you can come into the US Open and, and shoot a good score when you I mean played.
1: just to name a few number of people who are under par, Jordan Spieth, Adam Scott, Jason Day, Zach Johnson, Jason Duffner, Brooks Kapka, Molinari, uh, Garcia, Fowler, Fowler's Matsuyama, Deshambo, yes. Rom, Keimer, Woodland, McElroy, Ustason, and Shoffley yeah, and pretty. Fowler are all under poor. It's
0: pretty, it's pretty, it's a pretty good board. Looking forward to it. Um, well, I guess let's wrap up the closing thoughts because we'll get, we're we're going to talk a lot more about this next week when we get our winner in the U.S. Open. Uh, congratulations, Blues! Let's go Raptors!
1: That's all. Yeah, I got. and for me. Um, as much as i hated seeing the bruins lose the way they did congratulations to the blues 52 years in the making it's it's an incredible achievement um i do still and like we talked about before i have that picture of the fame game where uh bobby or um decided to fly mm-hmm. through the air instead mm-hmm. of get tripped yes and um and <sighs> that was 49 years ago
0: it's called Just say it It's called diving That's what a dive is
1: (laughs) It was theatrics Leave it alone
0: Oh my god It was beautiful It was gorgeous It's like a (laughs) swan Taking flight It really was It really was But I can still call it A damn dive
1: Uh, And then on another note uh, Congratulations to Rafa Nadal Another great French Open Played phenomenal Yes And Raptors Please For the love of God Just do it (laughs) win it, win it, it. win it to bring it home to Jurassic Park. I'm sorry. If they win, you're going to hear me say that again on Monday. I'm just saying.
0: Oh my God, you're making me dinosaur.
1: Oh God, (laughs) let's end the recording now. (laughs) That was awful. Uh, Yeah, Before we get Brachiosaurus,
0: that was supposed to be instead of bronchitis, but you know. Okay. Dinosaur puns are over. We're gonna lose all of our listeners. And we just went <laughs> to zero week, listeners.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Tom. See what you did there. Uh thank uh, you everybody for for know. tuning in and listening. Uh we appreciate it. We'll be back on Monday. We're gonna recap the US Open. We're going to recap the NBA finals, which will be done, and then from there yes. we'll maybe get into some NFL talk and a couple articles. We'll see what happens.
0: And the US open. The We're US Open.
1: open. yeah Yeah. um yeah another busy week week. so again thank you for tuning in make sure to follow us on social media ride the pine pod twitter instagram and facebook and uh, make sure to also check out our shirts on t public i posted the link both on twitter and on instagram so make sure to go check those out they are quite comfortable um and that's all i got so we'll see you guys Next week, well, we don't see you. We'll talk to you guys next week. Ah, ah I caught you before good. you said it. <laughs> see you later, guys.